0: Okay, that's one. Give me another one. I'm gonna go with black skin. <laughs> Dead serious. Yeah. I'm gonna go with black skin. <laughs> Good for you. So I'm just like, nah, you <laughs> know what I'm saying this in black is so much more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm like, nah. Madcap. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Ross. I'm Daniel Bloom. Welcome to Madcap. The Identity
1: Crisis Edition. (laughs) 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 Where, where luckily, we're not having an identity crisis. Are you having an identity crisis? Always. Okay, cool, cool. So, I think I'm on the back end of what was a somewhat intense period of time that I've now identified as a possible identity crisis. Okay. Would you like to hear more? Yes, go on. Okay. So, I was working really hard, seven days a week, and... um. I was diving into that with a great ferocity because mm-hmm. I felt like that was what was needed. And that was my responsibility, both for my vocation and because I want to be a successful producer, okay. kind of in, in my realm. And it got so deep and I was struggling so much that I reached kind of a breaking point. And breaking point can kind of feel like a negative thing. But as I learned in college in my one conflict resolution class, conflict can be very good because it can lead to the changing of conditions that have become untenable, for example. Okay. So, suddenly two things happened. One was an internal revelation, and one was an external. External is, things started to bubble up so crazily that people started to notice that, like... I was breaking down, overworked, and that things, <laughs> things were starting to fall through the cracks. <laughs> like, let's pull this car over. Yeah, and this is never, this is never what you want. <laughs> but it comes, from, it comes from a good place, though. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, luckily, um, I'm not getting fired or anything, and what's happening is people are now uh, being added to help me. So, this okay. is very good. That's the external thing that happened. The internal thing, and this is what I wanted to talk to you about, is I finally realized that I am a human being. Like beyond being a cog in a corporate machine, beyond being a podcast producer, beyond having a good career, beyond anything, I've su- I don't know what did it, but I brought myself back to this place of humanity where it was like, wait a minute, um, your job on this earth is to be a good husband, be a good son, Be a good grandson. Be there for the people that love you while you still have a chance to be here on this earth. And, like, you got to make a living, but you can never forget the human part of it all. And we are all in danger of doing that every single day. We get sucked into this vortex of self, of identity, of meaning, symbolism, and we forget, in so many cases, to, like, live the life that's
0: right in front of us. Hmm. Hmm. I find it to be a... uh a very profound thought the reason the reason for my silence is because it it hits dangerously dangerously too close to home you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying it's like in my in my living room yeah you know what i mean and, and, and so like uh in my living room uh, hey, th- physically the metaphorical metaphorical <laughs> yes uh but uh, how are you how do you effectively ignore the things that distract us so well mm-hmm. you know um right. A friend of mine used to say, I used to always be like, life's too short to be miserable. And friend's like, yeah, but it's too long to be broke. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so, like, and I was just like, <laughs> I, I, how, how do you, how do you weigh this? Both true. Their, I mean, how do you weigh this? I mean, like, of
1: course. Yeah, but how do you weigh them? It's, it's a crucial question. And I feel like I am generally losing this battle. A lot of it has to do with organization and planning. Like, making sure you can kind of get in and get out. And not have your life be governed by any one force or another. That was,
0: so we can, what we can do is make that as a mandate. Uh, a mm-hmm. madcap mandate. Go is on. that... The hosts of the show become more organized. yeah,' as like just like a demand right for the show and can discuss ways in which we've yeah. taken actual steps. Mm-hmm. To increase our level of organization because it's something I actually need to do absolutely, and we're running out of time. <laughs> that's, the thing. That's, the, that's, the, that's the running. Thing. That was that was one
1: of the last big themes that we came to. That might even be a better show title, but we're running out of time. That's right, but <laughs> it's it's all related because it's like we don't have time to be so wrapped. Well, it's it's. A balance because we don't have time to just screw off and just do nothing but go to the beach in an Uber for $167 mm-hmm. which as we talked about is how much it costs or a beer so we can't just leave work and, and walk into you know pleasure and uh, frivolity every single day but as Ferris Bueller would say life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and look around once in a while you could miss it oh. That's a little simplistic, but I, what it comes down to is like, remember the things that make you human and the danger in giving yourself over to a powerful force, like a job or perhaps even a relationship, toxic or otherwise, like the danger is that you lose yourself and you pour your, so much of yourself, even if it comes from a good intention place, that you lose the kind of juice that gives you the you of yourself. Yeah. Does that make... I mean, I could probably say that better. Yeah, no,
0: it does. (laughs) I I mean, I'm just sitting here. Like, my being quiet isn't... coming from, like, me being confused by your statement. It's me, <laughs> it's me sitting there thinking about, like, being like, I know a range of these scenarios. Yes. You know what I'm saying? All, like, with people in my life. With, mm-hmm. I'm just, like, I'm just sitting there just thinking, of just re- reflecting. It's, mm-hmm. really, it's really all that's taking place. <laughs> it's, like, sad, because I know this is supposed to be a back and forth, you know what I'm saying? But right now, you're really just talking. I'm just sitting there just thinking <laughs> deep in thought. So if you had a one-hour well, monologue, it'd actually be a good experience for me. G- but, give me whatever examples come to your mind, by all means. The consistent thing we come back to is how we really want to manage our time you know <laughs> like how we really want to manage our time and what is the most important thing to us mm-hmm. almost just like like a damn pie chart like what do we need yeah. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. uh and, and, and us evaluating and then making calculations from that but also be the type of duo that consistently tries new things yeah. to put themselves in that situation in whatever that golden scenario is i feel like we're always going to be stressed about about it you know mm-hmm. i mean for, for for but it's like it's like it's definitely not achievable if we don't, you know what I'm saying, If we don't start spinning this motherfucker. You know what I am saying, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. like and well said.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to I was I was just thinking about this in the other room. Um I wanted to perform a quick exercise with you. Okay. And this is partially inspired by this podcast I've been listening to called Where Do We Begin with okay. Esther Perel, who okay. is a therapist, couples therapist in New York. Hmm. And she has this awesome your Euro- Eastern European accent. And she just, like, drives right to the heart of issues and kind of gets into the lives of couples. It's brilliant. Does she write books? Probably. And listening to her show, I heard a a section of it on This American Life, and then I listened to her show, and it genuinely makes me want to be a better person. And like uh-huh. work on myself. Huh. And it made me realize that that's part of what we're also doing in yeah. these sessions is like, it's kind of like cheap therapy for each other <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and ourselves. So here's the exercise I wanted to ask you. It, re- it revolves around this idea of the David Rossness of you oh boy. and like the Daniel Bloomness of me. And okay. I, I mean that in the, the best way like the ways that when you think of yourself, you smile. Okay. So this is an open space for you to tell me three to five things about yourself. That when you think of the David Rossness of that, it makes you smile. Makes me smile. Yeah,
0: man. I was hoping we were going negative. I know that's your usual move. But let me let me go move. negative though. I mean, like, no. I don't want you to <laughs> it's your exercise. You're right. Yeah, it's my because that's kind of what we're getting at here. I don't
1: know what are you good that. at? What are you? You know, what are your? What are three positive qualities
0: that make you smile about yourself? Hmm. I hope that I do a decent job in terms of just like. Race, gender, class, sexual orientation, how you identify. That, like, if I have a pessimistic outlook, everybody gets that pessimistic outlook. I don't like, like, I don't have time to be flit, splitting folks up in the groups. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, all y'all, like, I don't like, because I come from Silver Spring, which was very diverse. Right. And I feel like that's helped me in a long, in a, I, that's helped. I feel like that has been a strength for me in being like, and also calming down other groups who may think that they may not, we may not find a way to connect. It's like, nah, man, like, Let's, like, yeah, like, reduce us. We are human beings. You know what I'm saying? Beautiful. We so, the same thing. So, so one, one is many- con- connecting with people across all different societal lines. Connecting
1: with people all across. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's one. Give me another one. Uh, another one is I have a, a unique lens of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, like in terms of, like, putting the spin on kind of, like, like things I like trying, whether it be creatively. You know what I'm saying? Like, artistically, I think, yeah. like, I, like... Uh, like i i think my lens is a little bit is a little bit slanted little, for, sure. Saying, little. for sure you know what i'm saying so as I, like as a writer as a podcaster exactly like in these expressive mediums
1: exactly exactly
0: just using because i because i also think it was an interesting background to come up from yeah right that's good absolutely what's three three mm-hmm. I, I was i want to say i want to, to say sterling ross you know what i'm saying that's but, good it's good but i'm not but nah, you know what i'm saying sterling ross is all part of it i'm gonna go with black skin <laughs> Dead serious. Yeah. I'm gonna go with black skin. Good for you. So I'm just like, nah, you <laughs> know what I'm saying? This in black is so much more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, nah. <laughs> like, i yeah. I th- I think there was there there may have there actually may have been a period of like self hatred. Mm. You know what I'm saying? In my life. Um What was that period? What ages? You know, probably more some middle and some high school, but like the, the difference is I like pieces. You know what mm-hmm, I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Pieces. Like I never, I never was somebody who was like, I need my hair to be different, But I, I never, no, it wasn't like that. You know what I'm saying? I meant of like pieces of 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 of, of who my people are, and that, and like later, mm-hmm. I was just like, nah, nah. You know what I'm saying? Like I like the, I, I like I like the full the full thing, the full scope. You know what I'm saying? The full scope. Yeah. And so it's just it's just it's just been completely changed. So that's like a a consciousness
1: and ability to converse about your identity yeah yeah and way and a, more and a, yeah
0: and a pride in that yeah yeah these i mean the, I, and maybe and you know as, like i said like the washington metropolitan area is a huge part of that because so many yeah. of us here are not we we were made but you're know saying we didn't need jesse jackson to be like you are i am somebody you know what i'm saying like <laughs> like that was like you're like all right you're know, like like yeah we don't see we, we didn't have that problem with that you're know yeah. saying getting there so yeah
1: that's really interesting. <clears throat> I love that. I think this is a really good exercise for everybody to do. Not just in terms of a make myself feel better or pump myself up. Because this has a practical application.
0: We should do that for guests. Sure. That's a really good idea. That's, uh, yeah, it is. And it, it is, I mean, like, and it is the positive thing is, it is good. I like the positive thing. Well, the
1: practical application means yeah. circle each one of those traits. And put more on the board if you can. And then in between those traits find some stuff that you can do either for a living or to make yourself feel more like a human for no money that, yeah. that propel you forward. Yeah. So like if I were to do that same exercise for myself, I would say like, I, have a, I, I think I'm fun. I like to have a good time in life. I like to laugh. I like to, you know, hear music. I like to involve in culture. Like the funness of being Dan Bloom is a thing I like to keep. Being creative is a thing I like to keep doing things like getting together with my friends and podcasting or going to planning to go see a game or planning a trip somewhere, like doing things. Yeah. So, you know, being creative. And the third thing is probably uh, love, right? Like being open to emotional connection with people, developing friendships short-term and long-term. Yeah. Spreading love, like yeah. over you know fighting people and stuff like that. So those those that's my little Venn diagram. Like yeah. where can I find the places and the farther you get away from that space, it hurts you, like it hurts all of us. Yeah. And sometimes we make these decisions <laughs> for romance, for lust, for money, for pride, for yeah. envy, for all kinds of reasons we get away from the usness. And it's a huge mistake. And this is what I found myself going through. This is why this is called the Identity Crisis episode, is because I have found myself so dedicated to a cause that it I, I was beginning to lose myself. And that is not something that you should do long-term. Okay, okay, okay. Nope, nobody should. And it, I'm not a big believer in like, oh, the universe will work itself out. Because for one reason, I think that's kind of a privileged position. <laughs> People who believe that, it's like, wow, I just had faith that everything would work out, and it did. It's like, oh, great, you also came from, like, an upper-middle class, totally... privileged. But So, I'm I'm not a big believer in, like, oh, just give it up to the world, and the world will give you back. Like, on some level, that is true, but I'm not Pollyanna-ish about it. Like, you have to go make it happen for yourself. But the practical lessons of not doing that have suddenly become clear. Like, it's always made sense to trade away the meanness of me for a better career. Yeah. But now it's like A, I'm not sure that that's even true. And B, a little piece of me is like if I'm going to work this hard, it's got to be for DBI, yeah. Dan Bloom Industries. Like <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that happens to be. <laughs>
0: You know, but so, so I'm... looking like I'm, it deals in plastics. I hope not. <laughs>
1: because we know we're doing away with plastic straws. <laughs> Have you heard about this? But you're going to bring them back. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Everybody's <laughs> selling the plastic straws. Now's the time to buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one, one one note that we wanted to talk about, Uh Kristen Mink deserves a big congratulations yeah, yeah. from this show. Completely related to this conversation as well, because... Yeah. For the backstory, we mentioned Kristen Mink and her protest in the Hart-Senate office building on like a episode of this show, maybe three episodes ago. Yeah, literally one or two days later, she ends up confronting then EPA director Scott Pruitt in the T-ism, right by yeah. the White House. Have you ever been to that Teaism, by the way?
0: Yeah, it's, I this love is it.
1: Great, get, everybody loves Teaism. It's packed in there, <laughs> and now it's going to become like a great tourist spot, even more so. Exactly, it's famous. So she's there with her kid. She walks up. Her husband is filming. And she reads out this list of why Scott Pruitt is a horrendous EPA director and needs to vamoose. And I said to my lovely wife, we saw this news. We were like, oh, my God, we know Kristen Mink. Madcap is friends with Kristen Mink because she, as a Firefly Festival brand ambassador, helped us promote a show at the Howard (laughs) Theater. Yeah, yeah, she did. So she's a great collaborator, very um, creative. And as I said to Maya, Uh, my wonderful wife, we were away when this happened. I said, listen, if Scott Pruitt has to resign because of this, it's not going to be because of what Kristen Mink did, but she will be a part of the story. And sometimes you need a vehicle through which to express the public rage. And like, that is, I don't know if she was the straw that broke the camel's back. She's doesn't, she's not claiming a lot of credit. She's claiming some credit. And I think she absolutely deserves it because listen, She told Pruitt's story, back to the thesis of last week's show. If you don't tell your own story, somebody else will. And she got up in front of a cell phone camera and told Pruitt's story to his face, and she was telling the truth, and therefore she gets to be part of the remembrance of how this has all gone down. What I'm interested in, and here's what I want to get your take on, is not whether or not this was right, because I think we both think it was right. (laughs) Like, screw Scott Pruitt, he's a horrible uh, mark on our government and should have not have never been let anywhere close to it. But she keeps getting identified in media in her subsequent interviews as a teacher at Sidwell friends, a private school, very yeah. prestigious here in Washington where Sasha and Malia Obama, and I think Chelsea Clinton and a bunch of other people, yeah. prominent um, folks in Washington go. So Shout out to Modi. And, and Modi. <laughs> That's
0: right.
1: Big up the Trilectro DC to BC. F- big group. up, big up. Big up. Uh, so, the question is: Do you think that Sidwell Friends is going to react positively to the fact that one of their teachers is now being seen as kind of like this rabble-rousing activist? That's one. Do you, from the perspective of the school, and two: Do you like? Would you be nervous if you were suddenly identified in addition to your employer
0: in a kind of act of political bravery like this? See, I. Uh, uh Answer the latter, no, because b- b- that's because I'm crazy. You understand that's and that's that's because and that's why I get in trouble. You uh-huh. know, I'm always like the you know said like the ones whose the one whose mouth is like yeah, it's a little bit reckless. You uh-huh. know, it's in like yeah, it's like you may want to. There's always somebody else who's like always be like you may want to not include that. You may want to not not say it. so. So like no, but in terms of like affecting, look, if the headmaster still has a. Um, actually No, his relationship with Obama wouldn't do anything here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like I used to live by that school, mm-hmm. like in we Cleveland Park. It was like the only time I ever like had consistent, <laughs> civil acts because I would have to I would have to drive by it in the morning all the time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying Secret Service, would be right in the neighborhood, right? All these like all these people, all these all, all the littles getting dropped off. Mm-hmm. I I hope they're okay with it because I mean, because from what I've know, what I've um what I've learned about the uh, especially about knowing kids that went there, you know. I mean, it definitely tries its best to offer a, because um, I mean, actually, I watched, Quinn and Mo- I watched Quinn and Modi talk do an interview about Sidwell, growing up in D.C., mm-hmm. and like, they basically, talk- they was straight up, they were like, we thought it did a good job of really trying to make a well-rounded human. Cool. You know what I'm saying? So, hopefully, that extends, mm-hmm. and they won't get rid of her. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, civic responsibility and- Exactly.
0: Because then that, if, actually, I'll be disappointed. If they do, I'll be, I'll actually be disappointed. Yeah. Now, yeah. I think
1: she'll probably be all right. And it's a free speech issue and it would be um, a, a news story if she got fired, for example, because yeah, of this. But who knows, man. And I think it took an act of bravery. And it t- here, and this is why it's related to this conversation. Because she has a clear enough vision of who she is at a person, as a person and what her values are and what she needs to do to be able to sleep at night. So I'm not sure, for example, that I would have had the guts to do that especially being in a you know sensitive, I'm in a media job. So if it comes out that Dan Bloom of company XYZ like confronts Scott Pruitt in the t it's not going to reflect well on me. I think my coworkers and my management would be like, what exactly are you doing? I don't want to put that word in their mouth because I don't know how they would react. But I would be afraid yeah. to put myself on the line for that kind of move. She was not afraid to do it. And because of that, She has, like, (laughs) kind of written herself into this moment of history. Yeah. And that's to be applauded. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And I think we can all learn from that. Like, she had a close idea of who she needed to be as a person and who she wanted
0: to be as a person. And she enacted that, even at her own risk. So, I mean, so are you just grappling with the, with the fact that you just would, you wouldn't be that person? I'm not
1: grappling with it, necessarily. I'm, I'm willing to learn from this experience, and I'm also viewing it in the context of the identity crisis that we're talking about. Okay. Like, don't lose sight of who you are and who you want to be and who, when in the future, we will all look back at this time and say, how did we act? I mean, that's part of, <laughs> in a weird way, that's part of why I am not afraid to be vocally anti-Trump on Twitter. Yeah, is because if there was ever a moment to kind of quote unquote pick a side I think this is it And, and I think that if you when you reach those moments if you don't pick a side that's in some ways even a greater risk yeah not to mention there is no choice in terms of how this moment and this administration makes me feel like I couldn't go to sleep at night if I weren't someone who at least within my community and friend group wasn't known as a vehement Opponent of everything that's going on right now from the top of our government down. Yeah. We still ain't doing enough, though. I mean, like. You're right. We're not doing enough, but at least we're on the right side of history. Like, we need. Understanding is the first. Caring at all to try to understand is the first step. Understanding is the second step. Acting on the understanding is the third. And so we're between two and three, and we'll never stop learning about what it is that's actually going on out there. Yeah. I mean,. It's a great thing for somebody to dedicate their entire life to the cause, whatever the cause is. And it has to do, again, with the identity conversation. Those people are really wrapped up in it in most cases, and that's why self-care becomes a thing that activists have to talk about and plan for, because we get so lost. We lose ourselves in causes, in jobs, in relationships, and we forget I mean, I, der- I derive inspiration from you. When I wake up in the morning, sometimes I've gone running for the last four days in a, wo- in a row in the morning. Oh, nice. Damn it, man. I haven't. This is... P- but I know that you do that or you have done that. That's yeah. Been kind of something... Just to- having a few... A little bit. But so I, you know, I, this is part of the reconnection of the human experience. Yeah. And I think that we're more susceptible to this disconnection because we're most... In most cases, we're all working on computers. And it, it's, there's something about the human brain where computers perhaps have been engineered to capture our attention. Mm-hmm. Phones certainly have been. And we just get lost in these, these digital worlds. It's so seductive and it's so easy and in some cases forced by the job. So you've got to get out. You've got to walk around the office or walk around the block. Yeah. You've, you've got to get on your bike. You've got to get on a jog. You've got to sweat. You know it's like i always think about <laughs> when i head out on my run i'm like you don't die from a heart attack because you went out running you die from a heart attack because you didn't go out running you know like yeah no matter how out of shape you feel it's not like oh i'm gonna go out here and kill myself it's like no no you're gonna kill yourself by staying sedentary
0: <laughs> did you did you have that thought that you're gonna get a heart attack by running not not recently
1: <laughs> <laughs> But, like you know, even if I have like some knee thing or some whatever like i'll I'll take care of myself, but if I like have it in me, if I have the energy and I know I can make it three miles, it's like yeah. just go, man.
0: my issue is always my my knees mm-hmm. you know, just like, all right, am I really gonna really put myself myself back yeah, you know? like that, that is a concern that's why swimming is so good. they say even that might fuck with it too, what, yeah, yeah, that's it's, news to me, so I mean like um. Uh, Matt at poolside uh, uh oh let's do that yeah let's do that you want to do that <laughs> that'd be hilarious would be, question would it be that's how we're gonna blow up <laughs> would it be weird if like because all right because right, because uh, i mean we're not we're not if, if we're two dudes filming, it's kind of different, you know what I'm saying? Right. But if we're two dudes with just some mics- That'd be great. Talking at, at like, the pool, when, especially when there's a lot of people out, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I think it'd be kind of entertaining. It would Cause, be. Because we're just harmless. We're like, listen, we're just reporting in from the pool. That's right. <laughs> we do a podcast in Columbia Heights, and you know what? This pool's over here, you know what I'm saying? It's hot as hell. See, we should talk to DCPR.
1: We should do live from the pool cast- we go to go to all different pools in DC. We talk to people. This could be really, really funny. This is this is achievable. I know they had <laughs> I know you do. We've done, we've done a DJ gig for them before.
0: I forgot about that DJ gig. All
1: right, all we, right. we, we DJ the mayor wasn't Vincent Gray there? Oh my god! I replayed. Uh, what did we play? You made me play something foolish for the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were like play. I don't know. payback. Play the big payback for
0: the mayor. We played payback, and he looked over. He beeped it. He beeped it. He that beeped is it. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh, Of, that's, when, that's, when I won my, that's when I won my father over. For yeah, like, that was a good set we played. Yeah, yeah. We heard James Brown. He left from purchasing food and came in and just started dancing.
1: We should be doing more DJ gigs. If you guys want to DJ, book us for a madcap DJ gig. Exactly. We've done a couple.
0: Exactly. Mom, I hope you're listening. Hey.
1: Top Ten Scene? I wanted to ask you also related to this identity question about this thing about objects we were talking about. Yeah. So uh, the question is, Objects that mean a lot to us, why do they mean so much to us? And can we deconstruct that a bit? Yeah. Like would it be beneficial of us? And I'm I'm giving away my I'm tipping my hand here. I think it probably would be beneficial to us in most cases to divorce the emotion that we have attached to physical
0: objects. Not in all cases, because it can be fun. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying, but I'm also in the case of objects, you know, sometimes uh not every object like is of uh, like because previous off off uh, mic we talked about like computers and and stuff like that mm-hmm. obviously like of uh, of of storing content sometimes also there's objects you have with you during a very trying time in life yes you know and it's kind of like and then when you make it out of it you're mm-hmm. like no, no 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 that one was with me <laughs> yeah. it's like an amulet yeah it's like hold on no 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 it's like it's like I used to. The summer i used to help um like just in college to help a woman uh an elderly woman that was a, a family friend uh help her out in the house and like i remember she uh she set out her husband's speakers you know I'm saying like she was gonna throw away his speakers mm-hmm. and he flipped he was like you are not throwing away my vietnam speakers oh you know I'm damn saying? yeah he grabbed he went to the he drove home from work went out put them inside and was like nah we're not playing that but what did that mean but I mean, what I. Are, think, what are, why were they called Vietnam speakers? Because he had them in Vietnam. Oh, shit. He
1: flew those things back? Yes. Whoa. Exactly. So, I mean, like. That's crazy.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, like. Like, some, that's his war trophy. Yeah, exactly. Some, some guys. Some, <laughs> I bring back these speakers from Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> some other, some guys just bring back chewing gum, you know what I'm saying? like, But, but I mean, no, I, I don't. <laughs> there's got to be one guy who's like, yo, I'm, mom, I got gum. <laughs> that's wild. So, I mean, like, in those instances... Yeah, that's that's cool. But if somebody, like... I mean, there's all sorts of gifts and all sorts of, like... Yeah. You know?
1: But this is all very related to hoarding, which you mentioned earlier.
0: <laughs> which I'm good at.
1: We both have a couple hoarderish tendencies. I have a whole bunch... You were like, oh, you need a memory box. I'm like, bro,
0: I got memory boxes. I got memory boxes full of other memory boxes. So... I've had a recent conversation about this with a special lady friend. Go on. Argument over she's been wanting me to throw away these two <laughs> um these CDs from what did we see? Oh, from Fiddler on the Roof. What? At the Kennedy Center. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I were a rich man I have a <laughs> throw away? Yeah, because we had because we went like that's uh, so funny. Shout out special shout out to uh, special shout out to Linda Sil- Stillman Cir- circles board member who, who she she invited me and my parents. You know what I'm saying? And so like everybody got everybody got a CD, but it's like we have, stop you, saying her name. Oh yeah, yeah so, thank you. She was like, we don't need these CDs. You know, like, like we don't need. And I put them outside yesterday because she put because first first she was like throw these out. You know what I'm saying? And I I put them in the car. You know? And so like I was like. And so she sees in the car. She's like, "No, I didn't mean to just like transport them. Like, get you like get rid of these CDs." So I put them outside finally, and they just like somebody. They were turned over. It's like somebody came by, and was like, went to check out the song list?" And was like, "Nah, you know what I'm saying." I'm just like, "All right." Does she dislike
1: the music, or she just wants to get rid of the CD? She's, I mean, it would be she, hilarious if 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 you were just like to needle her, you were like. Da, 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 da. she's like she t- stop
0: singing that song she did tell she's like you hold on to things you know what i'm saying she was just like she was like you hold on next to- time she says that you'd be
1: like that's my greatest strength i'm gonna hold on to you too
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna hug her she's like, i'm holding on <laughs> that's
1: right and but this is why we hold on to the objects because we want to hold on to the memories at least this is for me i know that my memory is fallible like i save every ticket stub which is one reason i don't like digital tickets is because I have a whole bunch of ticket stubs from my childhood, events that I cannot remember, do not remember, would not remember, would not even have a moment of recognition of, if not for a physical object that just is the ticket. I mean, these things are just printed off millions of them a day. And then we sometimes had such a profound experience in that moment that we want to put a little piece of paper in our pocket, even one that just says the name of the movie and the theater number that you saw it in.
0: (laughs) You know, what's so funny about this. Like, so, like, when's the last time you've actually gone through your memory boxes?
1: Well, I had to pull out my Industriales uh, Havana Cuba baseball jersey to go to the Major League Baseball All Star Game, so I have one memory box that's clothing. Okay, and that came from there. So okay, I, so I just opened that one yesterday. Okay, or two two days ago.
0: Yeah, alright. That's that, that's valid. But They're a just... deep a deep dive, it's been a minute. But it's funny. It's like neither have I, um, but if like because it's you know what I'm saying like but if somebody were to have thrown it away all hell yeah I'm like I'm like you know I haven't looked at it so hard, somebody throw it, throws it away it's like it's like it's like oh oh so you're trying to murder me yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh is it's that like, what's going on here it, yeah, exactly it's like okay okay you know what I'm saying where's the nearest gun store whoa <laughs> yeah, <I'm kidding. laughs> You can that.
1: no that's okay because I know where the nearest gun store is and I was thinking about picketing it just because I was like why are you even here Oh, man. But you know what? Some of the objects I have are, like, little (laughs) love notes from high school. By the way, that
0: probably would go so wrong. You're just pacing around back and forth for the good. Why are you even here?
1: (laughs) That would go so wrong. (laughs) They wouldn't do anything about it. I know. I think it'd be fine. But yeah, I I got, like, little notes from my high school girlfriend. I got, like, you know, I got all... I I have the number from from my tryout from the Sound of Music musical in eighth grade, number 21.
0: So, like, about those notes to, to, like past past lovers a friend of ours i won't share a name um was dating like his girlfriend or current wife now uh made him throw those letters away uh-huh in his life made him made him so, made him and i was just like and i was like man i'm like harsh i'm like you can't come for that i like, i wouldn't come for that in your world Never. you can't come for that as Gabe Silverman puts this brilliantly, he's like,
1: everybody needs a messy drawer in mm. your relationship, right? It's a place that you are able to work things out that are yours. Yeah. And as long as you have an upfront and open relationship, a truth, honesty, understanding with your partner, like, there is a messy drawer that belongs to you. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can act a fool yeah. and dra- drag your partner to the mud. It just means that there are certain experiences or feelings or maybe even like crushes or whatever in life that you get to keep
0: yeah it's like showing up at the meatpacking factory (laughs) and and changing how the sausage is like halting production and changing how the sausage is made it's like you assume we all come from like you like listeners who don't think they should we should assume these other people that we're partnering with have their own you know i'm saying it's like let them have it You cannot want it to seize it. Mm -hmm. If they invite you into it, that's a different thing. But you can't be like, no, dismiss. I mean, like, but of course, some people, some people, it's also comes from a place of insecurity. Exactly. People people being afraid, it's like, oh, but you can't let go. It's like, Mm. it's like these, these experiences
1: made me who I am. And it's very paradoxical because you can't crowd everybody else out of your partner's life, mind, experience, memory. No. And guess what? If you do... They're gonna find somebody new to fill up some other shit besides you. Yeah, like it's it, life is not. <laughs> this is also a great part about um, getting over the identity crisis, right? Mm-hmm. Notice the first couple of things I said in the "What am I really here on Earth to do?" were really about other people, right? Be a yeah. good husband, be a good son, and this is what this all derives from. I love this lesson so much. I find it freeing in a way. Okay, life is not all about you. Yeah. Yo, sweet. Like, in a way, that's actually very freeing, you know? Because, like, it's not about you. It's not, you don't have to figure it all out. Like, you're a player in this big, grand play or game or whatever. And you know what you're good at. We've already identified what makes you David Ross and what yeah. makes me Daniel Bloom. So, like, there's a bunch of important vectors. Like, how do you make a living? How do you love? How do you
0: stay healthy? But that should always be at the center of it. see. So- so, uh, completely agreed. Uh, just realized, there's a, and I'm not going to I'm going to ask him to do it, and I'm, I, knowing his personality, he'll say yes, and he made a statement, um, and tell me if this is somehow relevant, but I think we need to have him on this show. So, like, I have a, I have a friend who is, uh, is terminally ill, you know? Oh, wow. Like, yeah, like, around our age, terminally ill. And he gave me a st- we were talking one night, out, one night out, and he was like, this whole process is, like, the first thing you learn, repeating message is, it's not about you. Wow. You know what I'm saying it's like it's about everybody else correct and so like and I'm just like you know you're right you're right you're right you're right for though I mean for those of us who don't who who you know what I'm saying who who have lo- longer time here how do we continue to remind ourselves of that you know mm-hmm. you know yeah it's it's
1: about being committed to service and I think that there is probably a correlation between those who serve other people and derive meaning and happiness out of their own lives. Yeah. That's one thing I think about a lot is like, you know, getting, let's, let's get underneath the purpose of what it is that we're spending our, most of us are spending our days doing. This excludes people who, you know, teachers and nonprofit folks like my mom and people who are really throwing it all into their values. Yeah. But underneath all of it, like whatever we're doing with our daily lives is it worth the time? Yeah. And does it help the world? Does it help your fellow human beings? Like, it's interesting because as we get down to these times, mid, mid thirties, we have to make decisions and we don't want to end up in a place where we blink. We're 65. We've given our entire career to something that's wrong. Yeah. Or most of our productive working years to something that's wrong. Yeah. Um, even if that thing happens to be making a ton of money, like, cause most people are on that track and never get off. It's like, let's make as much as we can. Let's have the most fancy, expensive life that we can. And then we'll leave the rest of that to our kids. And this is all like a big process. Yeah. Um, but there's so much more to life than that. And I think everybody yearns for more. He probably will be expecting me to say something.
0: Right no, there, I'm right not. I'm, I'm, we're, we're, I'm just listening. I'm like, I'm like, we're, we're I'm like both, go on. <laughs> we're, both, we're both working
1: this out in real time, right? It's like you can't abandon the job and you can't abandon the everyday life experience that we're here to have on earth. Yeah. And the middle path all the way, it feels like, has to respect your personhood or your yeah. strengths and your likes and your desires. And if either one of those two things, I mean, it's so tempting. To, like, think about just kind of walking into the jungle or walking into the beach and just, like, kind of throwing down all of the responsibilities of your earthly life. It's so tempting. I think about that all the time. Yeah. But then the machine doesn't continue to run. So so it's like, if you need to put fuel in the machine, make sure that the machine is right. Because if that
0: machine's not right, it's going to just wear you down forever. Yeah,
1: don't do diesel.
0: So, I guess not. <laughs> uh, I, I just I sit here and listen. I'm like, damn. Every time we have this podcast, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, man, I've real. like the more and more just how incorrectly I realize I've been. I mean, I, how I, I I just been living an incorrect life, you know? Well, who knows what the right? Well, the, there is no correct life, Shit. but it's all about listening to the
1: self and trying yeah. to. It's not. Luckily, it's not too late. We're not deep in the cold, cold ground yet. I mean, I'm going to a funeral tomorrow. Yeah, all this stuff. <laughs> If it wasn't clear before yesterday when I found this news out, RIP to my great aunt uh, by marriage, Rose Paul. Okay. Great lady. Knew her for years. Used to give me um, Lifesaver candy. And she was always telling me, hurry up and have a kid. I'm not going to live forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> she was right. <laughs> <laughs> That's but so we'll, funny. we'll be at the funeral tomorrow. She lived a very long life. How, so th- how long? I I'm not sure exactly how far into her 90s she made it, but she okay. she lived a very long life and uh Yeah, so every time, I mean Cameron um Big Chocolate was one of the first people that ever really taught me about how to think about my own death and how to appreciate life in the view of all that. Okay. So my point is just to hear you reflect on the way these conversations make you yeah, feel. It's yeah. like I don't, I want to encourage you to not react negatively to yourself because I also do this to myself every day. Well, not every day. When I'm really down on myself, sometimes I catch myself like actually berating myself to myself with words. Yeah. I will call myself an asshole. I'll call myself an idiot. Like, all the time. But I'm not sure that's good. I'm starting to now unpack that a little bit. And it's like,
0: some, some, where are those
1: words even coming from you know like self-hatred that's that's not productive
0: some i mean yeah but if you're yeah but if you're being an asshole you know and you know you know it's just like in the response is like man this person's being an asshole to me and just like and you know it's just like it's like, it's like damn it's like david like or maybe it's like David, you cannot consistently, you you cannot consistently put people in an uncomfortable personal space. You know what I'm saying? Like this is not reflective of a good human being. Mm. You know you don't you don't need to like throw it out like that. But but in short, it's like David, you cannot be an asshole. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah, like that's that's a much better way to put it. <laughs> I find myself just berating myself
1: sometimes, and then it's like. I say it aloud, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, I talk to myself, and then I hear, th- <laughs>
0: then I hear a third voice, and it's like, "Hey, man, don't be so hard on yourself." <laughs> like the multiple with uh, the multiple personalities of Eve, or like whatever, <laughs> or the, the three faces of e- some movie where a woman had multiple personalities.
1: There was a TV show too where there were multiple personalities in one guy's head. It was like I can't remember what the show was. Oh man,
0: but, but yeah, it's like
1: we, <laughs> in a way, it's good to have these different levels of consciousness, yeah, because it helps us to evaluate our own behavior even in retrospect it's great if we can evaluate and temper our behavior in the moment but that is hard <laughs> i have struggled with that mightily i mean when you get worn when your defenses get worn down and things aren't normal it is so
0: it is it is so hard to keep a grip <laughs> Because things that are normal could be that's just such like a it's like that could mean so much. Yeah, it could. <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I got no
1: sleep, or my partner is mad at me, or I'm really behind on a certain project and nobody knows it, or you know, there's just a whole bunch of things that you can be nervous, worried, upset about, and then when you comp- when you're compromised, uh, it is hard to control what comes out of your mouth because yeah. your filter. Is reliant on you having some, uh, I guess, mental cartilage left, like available, because when that gets thin, boy, it's like
0: I get myself in trouble. There's like a a, a proverb, African proverb, of like when the heart overflows, it comes out through the mouth.
1: <sighs> Where's my?
0: I didn't figure out who said that. I have a. Uh... <laughs> Wait, <laughs> say that one. Wait, hold on a second. Say that one more time. Uh, when the when the heart overflows, yeah. When the heart overflows, it comes out through the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that, special. and it does. It happens to me all the time. A special special shout out to to English Lit, Howard University. <laughs> African Lit. Did I just say English Lit? Whoa. See, well, it's white in, folks in my brain it's man in, it's in english though. this is why i gotta say i like black skin because i just said english lit about an african proverb <laughs> and we're not gonna edit this out i
1: don't think so <laughs> nor, nor are you a graduate of howard university but no, nonetheless i took classes there oh you did yeah when Huh? when what, in, uh, in the interim between temple and maryland yeah i did not no know. no while while at one yeah while at
0: while at umd Oh, okay. That's cool. Did they transfer over or you just did it for fun? Yeah. Not all of them did. Yeah. Yeah. The majority of them did though. Cool. It was still worth it. Nice. It was still worth it. Of course.
1: Yeah. You you added to yourself. Um, Related to the object and self question, it's funny because there's a podcast that I'm working on now um, that I may talk about later when it's out. But one of the points that we're getting at in one of these episodes that's going to come out is money that we spend on experiences- Generally, impact us more in the long term than money that we spend on yeah. either physical objects or things like home improvements. Because it's it's interesting. You wouldn't necessarily think, okay, let's say we, I have two grand to spend. I'm either going to upgrade my bathroom in a way that I really want to, or I'm going to take a trip somewhere fun, South America. That's the whole thing for travel, which the special lady friend always argues with me about. Yeah. So yes. right. So this is there are scientists that have studied this. This one psychology professor at Cornell and it's what's interesting about it is the nuance of okay i think i'm going to appreciate this bathroom because i use it every day but suddenly it becomes routine and now it's the base level and i would expect more and like, yeah. it doesn't pay pay me off enjoy every day meanwhile if you take a trip to south america somewhere and you have these experiences they become part of your memory and part of your perspective and you yourself are changed yeah so it becomes in a way Your experiences become or more easily become a part of your
0: story. Without a doubt, man. And that's, I feel like that's like, that speaks to like my, um, so much frustration that Mm -hmm. I feel personally, you know? It's just because like I haven't, like, I haven't, I don't know, I don't even, it hasn't even been like a financial thing all, all throughout. I just haven't, Thought globally enough, mm-hmm. you know, and and because like now at this point, you know I have it's like a such a sigh of relief. almost like therapy when anytime I'm going anywhere that leaves the region. Yeah, you know? right. Even yeah, how, even when I'm just taking the bus to New York, it's uh-huh. just like as soon as that bus fucking backs out, I'm just like, oh my god, thank the Lord. Yeah, you know have saying? and so like you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, uh the special lady friend was talking to another roommate was was talking about going on these trips. He you was know, like, be like, you know, if I received a bunch of money, I would rather rather than pay for a more expensive living arrangement, I kinda wanna have some some money so I can just like hop around and see all these places. You know, and I'm just like, yeah. Was there a scientific I mean, I know science scientists have studied this, but is there a particular article you're referencing? Probably. I'll um, try to i fi- I'll try to
1: find it. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, but it also relates to something we were talking about before the recording. Yeah. Which is utilizing so we've 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 touched on the importance of experiences versus objects. Yeah. Objects, we cannot give away completely in our everyday life because we're speaking on microphones. Thank you, Blue Microphones. (laughs) Thank you, Blue. (laughs) Thanks, Blue. Appreciate that. Uh You sound great, by the way. (laughs) I do, thank you. Uh, Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So um, objects are useful, and they help us to enact the world that we want and need to live in. Um, But my contention now, recently, is that we should, as human beings and, and as individuals, probably, and this goes back to kind of divorcing the emotion from, from objects. But pointedly, this also has to do with tools, right? Like a computer, we often associate so much emotion to because we work primarily through it in a digital medium. Yeah. Podcasting, writers who write on laptops, et cetera. So we associate it in a way as the portal to our ability to express ourselves, our ability to make a living, our ability to communicate, so many things. Um, but I think it is uh, damaging, perhaps, and dangerous to put so much value in these things that are finite, yeah, losable, damageable, like your phone or your wedding ring or your computer. I mean, the wedding ring is different because it's a symbol kind of like the other other objects we were talking about before. Yeah, But I mean, a computer is such a... It's an expensive piece of equipment. We use them every day for our own expression and for work. Um, but they also break, and they're fallible. So what's really important about them is the data. And everything else about them... Like, I don't put any stickers on my laptops. I know you do, right? I did, yeah,
0: I did. Well, just... just. To, I mean, like, it wasn't like... Um, yeah, I, I like the I like the decoration of it. Oh, it looks cool. It's a yeah. way to individualize your laptop and kind of tell
1: it tells a story as well because yours, yeah. yours also had like backstage passes and yeah. places that you'd done interviews and and that's yeah. I think that's cool. But I also am into this ethos of it's a tool, it's not an extension of you, and it could be gone tomorrow. And you know what? You get a new computer tomorrow, and you'd start working, and all of a sudden that provides a breath of fresh air in itself. To get a new computer with nothing on it and no browser history is fun. I mean, it's a clean slate. So, in a way, I feel like that experience of filling the clean slate, like a new car smell. Yeah. We like it so much that there's a smell to it. That's so weird. It's this chemically, you know, fake carpet smell. But we like it because it's about possibility. So, I think in general, if we can let go of of the things that we're holding on to so tightly as your mic begins to fall.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you can, if we, if we can
1: let go of some of this stuff that's so fraught with emotion, it's like, imagine the things that now have room. Yeah. And that, that's what excites me about not being a hoarder. (laughs) (laughs) Is like actually having the space under my bed, under my desk, in the closet, to like not have it feel like, totally
0: packed to the gills all the time yeah yeah i hear what you're saying there, there is some there's some clutter there 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 are still some some memorable pieces that i got i gotta hold on to and this is why madcap is going to become a scrapbooking business yeah
1: exactly exactly L- listen the premise of what we do is all about storytelling mm-hmm. what could be a more appropriate and imp- and uh, impacting physical manifestation of a story than a scrapbook we should seriously do this yeah. You know, I mean, like, uh, yo, we could do it at the Lemon Bowl, at the Lemon Collective. What the hell is the Lemon Collective? We could teach a class on how to scrapbook. First, we, <laughs> le- first we need to learn how to scrapbook, and yeah. then we could teach a class in it. And we could do, oh, like audio scrapbooking.
0: How do you, is that, isn't that just podcasts? We're going to invent this shit. I like it. I, I don't, <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I'm curious to know how that, how the, Look, you're saying... Like, it's like
1: oral histories. You'd get a bunch of people to like give their version of a story or of a memory and you'd put it together in some kind of uh, physical way. We'll, we'll work on it. Yeah. But what do you think about this idea of divorcing emotion from objects and treating them as tools? Is that depressing to you? Do you think that gives away some of the fun?
0: Or is that or do you find that idea freeing? There's definitely uh, a freeing component. I don't know yet. I like, I'd, I'd be willing <laughs> to go look at my stuff and reevaluate. Yeah, because uh, I know there absolutely is stuff that could go. Because it's just like this wasn't, this wasn't even a moment. <laughs> like, like it's just like you were just, you thought it would be a moment. You held on to it because like could it be a moment? And like we're on year, we're on year nine, and it isn't a moment. You know right. what I'm saying? So get rid of it. Yeah. Unless there are things linked to creativity. Like I remember in a t- tight spot, I sold the first electric guitar my father bought me. Oh wow. And I wish I still had it. Sure. Yeah. I guess. Right. So. But what I've kept is the guitar my grandfather gave me that was his. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, I'll, like, I'll never throw that away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, so those so things like, and also things that make noise are kind of like artifacts of like stress relievers, which was like music and such things like that. I yeah. mean, as long as I'm not like, you, I feel like I can keep a few. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Like, yeah, yeah, you totally can. But you know, this also ha-
1: relates to like this crack, the cracked uh, phone screen. Yeah. I, I used to crack my phone screen and I would just live with it. Yeah. And I was like, well, I deserve this. This is my cross to bear. Yeah. <laughs> I dropped my phone. I'm not going to get, like pay a million dollars to redo it. And so that's just where it is. Yeah. And then I learned about this whole world of places that will replace your phone screen in one hour for $40. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I don't have, like it's a tool. This is not like my badge of shame to carry around. It's just, that, and if, if I dropped it down a sewer, which I have done, I literally got an iPhone. Exactly. Maya and I bought our house. We went and closed on it. I came home. I was so excited We were like all celebrating. I hopped out of the car and literally my phone dropped directly into a sewer. Yeah. And it like splashed down there. And I was like, well, shit. Yeah. What what am I going to do now? And it's like, you know what you're going to do? You got the insurance on it. You're going to pay the deductible. They're going to send you a new phone in 24 hours. You're going to move on with your life. Yeah. The less we can beat ourselves up over these things, the better. And that's a good lesson. It's like these things are tools. You are the user of the tool. It is not the user of you.
0: Damn it. So phone screen i'm using is correct uh i wasn't gonna put you on blast for that <laughs> the, it, but it's even more complicated uh in that because the phone has to go back to somebody yeah uh so it's just like place a screen, but there is no it's not necessarily attachment to the actual phone right you know say it's more like um sometimes just like I just take forever getting to some things. You know what I'm saying? So do I, like, I. Of course. it's just like it's like okay, does it uh does it t- does it ring? <laughs> like does it can it call? Uh and it, it can't even do that well. It's just like uh, you know <laughs> it's so I hear you. That's oh, this, another that's another problem doing the things that we need to do. I know that know? that
1: leads to a whole other problem. This Pro- is the whole Procrast- procrastination. Oh my god, do a podcast do a podcast on procrastination. The things do- we procrastinate on. Fuck it, let's do that next week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See exactly. What I did there? No, but that that is related because I had a couple of situations today where there's been a lot on the plate, so it's it's hard for me to be like, "Oh, I procrastinated this." Yeah. Cuz I really it's not like I've been uh idle. Yeah. Um but but this maybe actually this conversation couldn't happen until today, but I had a conversation today and got over a certain hump that we've been trying, we like a whole group of people have been pushing on for a long, long time. Okay. And it was like, let's just get on the phone and hash this out. We had like a five minute conversation and it was worth (laughs) 50 emails that would have gone back and forth. And I was like, wow, guys, like this is how business used to get done. Let's do the deal. Sounds good. Bang. Deal's over. It's not like, oh,
0: <laughs> schedule this,
1: schedule that, talk to this, email that, work yeah. focus group this, that. It's like, all right. Sometimes you need to just pick up the phone and call. And that was one of my grandfather's great rules for life. This is great. When in doubt, make the call. I have not listened to that advice too many times in life, and it always comes to bite me. When in doubt, make the call. Yeah. If you're unsure... It's, like, very rarely will the moment come where somebody faults you for trying to clarify something that you really need to either say or hear or understand. Like, usually, if you don't make the call that you need to make, it's a problem. It's, yeah. It's something you need to, like, rectify or a mistake that you've made. Yeah. Here's another good rule for life yeah. I haven't always followed. Always go to the funeral. <laughs> If there's like, if you're on the fence about whether or not you should go, it's like, go. Because you only have one shot. <laughs> also, here's a question. I'm going to a funeral tomorrow, so this is very germane. And it's perfect that we're talking about the end of life at the end of this show. So the thing I wanted to ask you was this realization I finally had, which is, you don't go to the funeral for the person who died. Yeah. And that's not what funerals are for anyway, because they're gone. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like a funeral in its way, it's all about death, but it's also all about life because you wouldn't have it if it was just like, ah, shrug. Like, well, ah, well, another life over. People die every day. Yeah. Life is finite. It's a, a really quite a wonderful celebration of life. It's like an obituary. An obituary is not about death, it gives you one line about the death, and then the rest of it is about the life. Yeah. So a funeral is really not for the dead. A funeral is for the living. Exactly. It's it's kind of sweet in a way. It's like we're all going to grieve, we're going to mourn and we're going to remember together. It's about telling the story.
0: Exactly. Is that where you're trying to end? Is that? No, that oh, that uh, wasn't that wasn't where
1: I was trying to end, okay. but it's, it's all this is related.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean it's everybody's gathered there really to celebrate the life that's what's supposed to be to celebrate the life of that particular person, but it's, it's for everybody else, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fernando and I, always, Fernando Madrigal, first shout out. Is this is first shout out thing he's ever had on here. He and I always argue about this because he's just like you know how people like to make arrangements for their funerals, and he's always just like he's like I'm not gonna do any of that. He's like yeah. I won't. He's like I won't be here. <laughs> so what? And I, I'm just like that's irresponsible. Exactly. Exactly. And I hope he changes, but he's like he's like I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just like man, like like come on now
1: yeah no and that this is related to the clutter thing that's part of the reason i want to throw everything out is because i don't want to have to leave this
0: <laughs> wow my dad would be like he would step in and be like you know what please you're know <laughs> for the people you love you know what I'm saying? no, really
1: it's like I, that's why i have life insurance yeah. it's because like that's
0: so forward thinking
1: <laughs> one life insurance is the best bet in the world yeah gonna pay off folks <laughs> <laughs> no chance you're collecting... That. It's like, well, didn't die. Turns out this was a waste of money. No <laughs> yeah. chance. That's one. Uh, but also, having your life clean, cleaned up enough and, like, <laughs> I always tell Maya, I'm like, hey, if I die, that sucks. But, like, please begin dating again as soon as you're ready. Like, I don't want you to, like, you know, I want to I get her ready for this. I've been talking about my own death already. Yeah. Because... We all have to maintain our ability to live in this world. Born alone, die alone. Friendships, relationships—amazing, wonderful—the whole point of life. It's the yeah. whole point. But you're born alone and you're die alone. It's
0: f- fucking crazy, man. If I die tomorrow, it'd be like would need to be like a scavenger hunt. You know what I'm saying? I have to figure out like just like how do we figure this out? <laughs> because I just left nothing. I just like just, no, like. no,
1: no, not true. But listen. What was it? Endeavor so to live that even the Undertaker is sorry?
0: Isn't that one of your quotes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Endeavor so to live that when you come to die, and the Undertaker is sorry. But I just, but I meant like, because only, only reason this, this, um, I, I am passionate about this topic is because my dad has been put in these situations where he's just the executor of somebody's estate. Happens all the time. Exactly. Constantly. Yeah. And so, like, especially for eld- elder, Relatives that may, you know what I'm saying, have, um, may, no, may just no longer be capable of taking care of themselves. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Or, or those who have passed. Yep. And so, like, there are those who are like, man, go into the house. It's like, oh my God, organization. You know, and other, other ones, just like, still living, crazily disorganized, gotta find a place for them. All sorts of stuff. It's like, and it's like, man, it's like, my dad, no, my dad has told me. He was like, when I go, I'm gonna make it easy for you all you know what I'm saying he said that he's like I am going to he was like this is like I'm not gonna be because I, I mean like I had a great like my my mother's father died and he, uh, like and, and we're just like they were just hit with a hit with a heavy bill you know I mean yep, like yep. like I, I mean my dad some people some some people I mean I guess it doesn't matter some people bury their parents it doesn't matter but you know it's like nothing nothing's worse than when they die it's like okay their dead is yours. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, for real. Yeah. So, so, so this is,
1: this is part of the point. It's yeah. Like, as we are looking towards the end of this show, and uh, you know, just keep looking to the future. We want to try to make it easier for our loved ones, and not yeah. make them clean up our messes. Yeah, and learn from our mistakes. We'll see you next week. Identity crisis over. <laughs> well done, sir. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Mad cat. Mad cat, 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 cat. cat.